You know, Nicholas, it's fall. The The leaves are turning. The weather's getting colder. It was like 30 degrees when I came over to your place tonight. Yeah. We're in person. We're both in long sleeves. It was 70 degrees two days ago. I hate it. Now it's 30 degrees. And it's got me pondering, pontificating, just wondering if you have for the people a favorite fall movie. What is the ultimate fall movie? You know, I'm glad you asked me that, Zach. When I think about the season, the leaves are falling. The sky is a little bit darker, a little bit grayer. The one movie that comes to mind for me is a Wes Anderson film. Mm. Now, this is a good choice. I didn't even think of this one. You already know what I'm about to say. I know it. Say it. Fantastic Mr. Fox. That, I think that trumps all three <laughs> of my answers. Just yeah, orange personified. It's, it is. It's the color. It's the atmosphere. It's the vibes. There's something about that film that just screams fall. And you know, historically, I have not been a fan of Fantastic Mr. Fox, but every time I watch it, a love it more a little more. more. Yeah. Um, have you watched the new Wes Anderson? Uh, I think it's four short films. Sadly, I have not. I watched the first one. I can't remember. Story of Henry something. Pretty good. Okay. I had some time to kill. I keep forgetting about him. Yeah. And I didn't know what order to watch him in, so I had to look it up. But I've watched one. The, the Raw Daw short films if you didn't know yeah yeah, yeah. um but i have three for you i'm ready list First, them off i have when harry met sally that is a good one just a perfect fall romance film i feel like that film seems like it's it's in my head always set during the fall as well fall winter yeah sweaters like i know there's winter, jackets, but it's, it does feel like a fall film walks through central park when the leaves are falling did I watch that film with you? Yeah, you you were struggling through it. You were you were sleepy. <laughs> oh yikes! Okay, but I do I do remember all of it. Um, another one, a movie I haven't seen in years. Mm-hmm. Dead Poet Society. That actually might take the cake Have out of all seen of them. It? Yeah, a story of friendship, of love, of loss, of grief, struggles, of perseverance, of finding yourselves. What a movie! When's the last time you watched that one? I haven't seen it since I was in high school. I was about to say that. I'd probably be at the time I watched it too. I saw it in 11th grade Miss White's class. Nice. Shout out Miss White. Shout out Miss White. What a teacher. Hope you're watching. Hope you're, hope you're listening. Listening. Um, and then finally, the entirety of the Harry Potter series. Oh. And it, this is more, you started in the fall, and by the time you're finished with that eighth movie, it's coming up on Christmas time. Yeah. You might have even caught the last one on the ABC Family Christmas, 25 Days of Christmas, maybe on FX. Maybe it's snowing. Maybe you're drinking some hot cocoa. We're getting to that time of year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, th- and then you walk outside and you're like, <sighs> you can just smell the leaves falling and it just smells so good. You can tell I'm a fall man. This is good. The thing is, as a kid, we're sitting here. I'm in my Georgia stuff. We're going to the Georgia-Missouri game tomorrow. And as a kid, I remember Georgia football. It's fall. And then you get there and it's 85 degrees in your seats <laughs> until the middle of November. Yeah. So uh, Abigail went to the Georgia Tech uh, Boston College game two weeks ago. Yeah. 60 degrees outside. She comes home. She's about as red as my shirt to the point where she had like blister, like bubbles of her skin. She, had, she went to the North Georgia Mountains with her friends, had to come home because she was in so much pain. Had to get anti-burn cream prescribed to her oh my goodness couldn't work for four days 
What? Every inch of her body that wasn't covered was as red as my sweatshirt right now. And just think of a Georgia helmet. <laughs> what in the world? It was crazy. Okay. You made me really scared for tomorrow's game. Well, she has very, very fair skin. Yeah. Like, she's out in the sun for 10 minutes. She's getting a little flush. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But anyway, the falls the falls here. We we roll back the clocks tonight. We get an extra hour of sleep. Praise the Lord. Um, but anyway. Yeah, no, these are these are good recommendations. Honestly, that makes me want to rewatch Dead Poets Society, but also makes me want to rewatch all of Harry Potter. Me too. Because I used to... We hey we know we know our homegirl Hannah Wells Hannah Wells is rewatching Harry listens. Potter right now, and if uh, Jordan still listens, tell Hannah to listen to this episode. That's at right, at least the beginning. All um, the shoutouts. Yeah, but falls here, and I'm loving it. And it's been like this is like the second day, really. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. It's this is one of those where it's feel like it's been a later fall. Like the weather has been yeah. abnormally warm. <laughs> Global warming. Yeah. Cool. And I had yeah, a, so- those, those I had a soccer films. game. I had to wear gloves. Put on my little, uh, my little Travago gloves that my dad bought me to <laughs> keep it in my car for when it gets chilly. Yeah. You, well, after what happened to Abigail, you got to keep yourself safe. Yeah. On the opposite end of the spectrum. But anyway, we move on from that. Four, I guess really eight, nine, 10, 11 <laughs> film recommendations <laughs> yeah, for you right there. Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah, eight um, there. But before we get into our feature presentation for the day, got a little bit of housekeeping for our audience. Of course. Um, sad news. Season four coming to an end, and Nicholas and Zach will be taking a, I would say more for Nicholas, a much needed vacation. Yeah. So a little our, mini one. Our last episode will be December seventeenth, and we will return on January seventh. So we're just two weeks off. Yeah. Christmas and New Year's are both happen on a Monday, so yeah. you'll be you'll be busy. You won't be missing much. Right. Everyone will be busy with their family, vacation, Christmas shopping, shopping for their boo thing, and. On the 17th, we will be having a special Christmas-themed episode, so no need to do any homework to watch these movies. We will be discussing Christmas movies and just discussing the year of cinema as a whole, what our favorites, what our what our duds of the year were. Yeah. So that's just a little bit of housekeeping for you. But now, Nicholas, you watched anything recently? No. Um, not since Killers of the Flower Moon, since last week. Still sitting on that one? Yeah. I'm... I'm ready to discuss it, though. I'm ready to go in-depth. I haven't seen it yet. Oh! Because, okay, so Abigail works nights. And the only time that it's playing is at 2 o'clock. So yeah. that's going to roll into 5 o'clock, and then she leaves, and I have to make her dinner. Yeah. That's my that's my job as the stay-at-home dad right now. I see. Um, But I have seen three movies. All right. Lay it on so, me. The first one I watched was a movie that... I've just seen on social media, TikTok, Instagram for years. Never really had any inkling to watch it, but I decided to watch it. 2005's Waiting. Never it, heard of this. Justin Long and Ryan Reynolds. It's a movie of about, oh, what's the name? Sh- Shenanigan. They work at this, it's basically like Chili's, a, a restaurant called Shenanigans. And it's just about the the whole like staff of the restaurant it goes through a, a, a single day of them waiting tables and the kitchen staff and the management and the bartenders is it a comedy it's a comedy it's i i watched it with abigail and let's just say she was not a fan she said 
like 20 minutes in, she said, this is not my kind of humor at all. But she actually stuck with it with me. Yeah. Um, was it your kind of humor? If I was 16. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I really liked the way, because working in a restaurant, as I did back in the day, it, it nails that sort of these relationships yeah. and how at the end of the day, you if someone walks in the door of your restaurant, you kind of hate them. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be working. You don't want to be waiting oh, on sure. these people. Oh, yeah. I'll right there with you. Um, so, oh, yeah. You worked at Longhorns yeah. as, as yep. a waiter. Yeah. So, I think you should definitely watch yeah. it. You will okay. definitely get some. Because I worked at a, 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 a not like a restaurant like that, but you definitely know like the kitchen staff versus the wait staff. Can I ask you, who, who's Justin Long? Who's um, that guy? You know him. You know him. He was in Dodgeball. He was in Accepted. You you definitely know him. Okay. Does Just he pull. do anything now? Yeah, he was in. Uh, he's in that new Goosebumps TV show. He was in Barbarian. Yeah, I'm totally watching that. <laughs> I mean, you got Disney Plus. So I don't know. Oh, you know him. He was yeah. the 2000s comedy king. He's really. got that 2000s face. He's got the 2000s uh, pity me face. Yeah, I'm calling that the pity me face. Oh my gosh! Like audience members, you gone. have to look this dude up. He was in Herbie, <laughs> fully loaded. He's got the. Things have not gone right for me face. I'm staying at home when my <laughs> friends are in college kind of face. Oh, dang. He was in Megamind. Who do you play in Megamind? I don't know. Megamind's so good, though. What I, just showed, I just showed my class that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Um. Anyway, I mean, as a film itself, technically, it was sort of a mess. A lot of poor editing choices. It seems like some scenes were cut in half. Yeah um the camera work it was sort of dated and sort of like jerky but it also sort of fit like this chaotic restaurant theme so i would say if you've worked in a restaurant just watch it because you'll be like wow this is a universal experience i've had so was it was there a plot to the film or was it just kind of here's the experience of (laughs) it's mainly like it is pretty dated you have ryan reynolds as a like an an adult he's trying to uh with a underage girl Who's the hostess? So that's really dated. Classic setup. And Not then, the underage girl. And he's sort of like, I gotta turn a new leaf. I can't do this. And then so Justin Long's the main character, and he's in community college. And the morning he goes and eats breakfast with his mom, and she tells him that one of his her old classmate, his old classmates, has just got his bachelor's degree, and he's having like an exter- like existential crisis about how he's nowhere in life. And then he gets offered the assistant manager position. So he's like, do I take this? And like, my life's over. If I take this, I'll be stuck here forever. Or do I like not take it? I won't spoil any more of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did it seem like Justin Long and Ryan Reynolds were having fun? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, a. I don't know. I don't know. It was, just go watch it. It was. Okay. Actually, I mean, I wouldn't really recommend (laughs) it. It's not something if we're being truthful, if, we're huh? being tr- if you've worked in a restaurant, watch it. But okay. if you haven't, it's not going to be funny at all. Got it. Okay. The next movie I watched, um, I'm saving my big kahuna for last. It was, I'll paint you a picture, last Tuesday. It's Halloween night. Abigail had gone home to Athens. I was in Atlanta by myself. Yeah. And I you said, said got to put on Twitches too. Twitches too. <laughs> Wait, did you talk about yes, Twitches last night? Yes. Last, last episode? Um, Sorry. Call back. Audience members, go back and listen to the previous episode. <laughs> so, where I'm sitting there, I said, I, I gotta watch a horror movie. Yeah. It's it's Halloween night. I just played two soccer games, Was had victory snatched from my grasps. And I get home and I said, I don't know. 
I turned on Ready or Not, 2019's Ready or Not, about a woman who's marrying into this aristocratic, uber-wealthy family. Mm -hmm. And after the wedding, the husband says, I have to tell you, the family's going to call us downstairs and you're going to have to draw a card and play a game. It doesn't matter if you win or lose, you just have to play the game. So then there's this box and they give a big spiel about this box, about how it, like this is the reason why we're wealthy. We made a deal with Mr. Blah, blah, blah. The devil. So she has draws, she takes a blank card and puts it in this box and then it shoots back out and it tells you what game you have to play. And then some of the other spouses were like, I had to play old maid. I had to play checkers. So she spits it out and she has to play hide and seek. But that is code for she goes and hides. And then this whole family hunts her down and sacrifices her to the devil. Oh, so for about 20 minutes, it's a pretty interesting concept for 20 minutes where she doesn't know that she's being hunted for sport. And she just thinks this is a game. And then she's aware of it. And then you have the classic slasher, final girl, survival. Sure. Decent. Gave it a 6.7. Yeah. What it, what made you choose that? So like, have you never seen it before? I've never seen it before, and I always wanted to watch it. Okay. Because I, j- I just missed it when it was in theaters. Yeah. yeah. Gave it a 6.7. I'd say watch it over wait- Waiting. I gave Waiting a 5.5. I won't spend too much time on Ready or Not because... We're going to talk about the big one. The main event of... It has been the talk of the town at I, school. I sat my big fat ass down. We, we're, we're, you know, I'm just going to curse on the subject because this episode is oh, going to about be to get. explicit. <laughs> um, I might put an advisement in the top before this and say, do not listen to this episode. Too ease. If you are with a with child. <laughs> if you are with someone under the age of 16, well, I guess it's R-rated, so it's 17, do not listen to this episode without headphones in. You might lose relationships over this episode. Because it's impossible to talk about our feature film without being explicit. So, I sat down and I said, I am watching Five Nights at Freddy's. FNAF. FNAF. (laughs) As the kids call it. Okay. So, my thing about a movie. This is the problem that is plaguing the MCU right now. If I am a random person and I just happen to find myself in a theater. You need to tell me what I need to know. You don't need, I don't need to play 7,000 games to have any sort of context to watch a movie. Oh no. So if you didn't play the video game, you were lost. it's, It's not that, but it's more of like, I guess it's only for people. I hate saying this, but it's only for people that have played the game. I see. Because I went into it as I'm watching what it is titled on Peacock, a horror film. Sure. A horror film. That it is, if I'm watching it as a horror film, it is one of the least scary movies I've seen in my entire life. I heard it's almost like a comedy. The plot is just bare bones. Like a, an AI wrote it in like five minutes. Right. Is, I, is it basically like have you seen the trailer for it yeah so is, is it i mean the plot is just spelled out in the trailer is yeah, that really and, what it is and it's it's josh hutchinson he gets his has security a, has a daughter spoil the crap out of this movie yeah he gets his job as a security guy and like this whole time he's trying to like control his dream so he can figure out who abducted his little brother 
because he's controlled his dreams enough where he can relive the day that his brother was abducted from this campsite. And then once he goes to the Freddy Fazbear's, he, uh, he's like the, the kids that are possessed by the, that possess these animatronics. Sure. And it's, it was just like a horrific plot. One of the worst plots I've seen this year. And I, I will say the only thing that's saving this movie for me at all, I gave it a 3.7. It's not bad. The only things that saved me were the fact that the animatronics of this movie were actual people and it was like practical effects. Okay. That is and they nice. looked good. Yeah. So I will say if you're a fan, you're probably because people are loving this movie. Oh, it's making I don't under, of money. I don't understand. I didn't realize that this game series was that popular. I didn't either. To a point where it's raking in money, especially since it's already on Peacock. I was about to say, you best prepare yourself for the future of this type of film because it is doing gangbusters right now. But like now. the thing is, like, I don't know. The lore was just kind of bare bones. And I guess you needed to have the context to sort of like, sure. Okay, I already know why these animatronics are possessed. Right. It's like they try to have their cake and eat it too. Like if you were a fan, you get more out of it, but they try to give audience members who hadn't seen it like the yeah. barest possible entry point. I will say the the twist at the very end where the guy that hired him for the security job was the like the murderer was kind of cool. Okay. I mean, I I it was a grueling hour and 41 minutes to get through that movie. How was our boy Josh Hutchinson? Serviceable. Looking old. <laughs> oh, no. Does, was he looking old? He's looking old. Isn't he only like early 30s? I think that he is a future rest, oh. in, rest in peace. Matthew Perry situation. Oh, no. Okay, this don't is complete. I don't know why I'm talking about this on a podcast. <laughs> but have you seen those NFL like slideshows on TikTok where it's like just random players from the NFL? Do you know what I'm like, talking about? Like, what do you about? mean? Where it's like, it's like forgotten players of the NFL. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. blank, blank, ran for yes. 400 yards in a game. Correct, and correct. Then in a slow, in a, every once in a while, it'll go to a, like a person. It's like Chase Claypool, future slideshow <laughs> participant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have. And it's Josh Hutcherson, future uh, glow down participant. Oh. And like, I never really thought he was that good of an actor. Yeah. He was always just like the, the good looking, like, early 20 year old kid you know yeah um oh, no. but i did as a as a former fan of a uh, game theory they yeah. had you know do you know game theory? Yeah, yeah they had matt pat in it he was Stop a waiter it. and then he says the hey that's just a theory i had several kids tell me that i am that guy i you, look like him you kind of look like matt pat <laughs> um and like i get it like you want to pay, like, have a lot of payoffs for the fans. Right. But it just it just didn't work for me as someone who doesn't consume the game. Sure. I think, I think that's a failure. That's how I'm viewing the movie. Right. Because and I I'm, think it's getting a lot of attention and it should have, it shouldn't be that, that big of a barrier of entry. And I'm, and I'm viewing it as someone who just stumbled across it on Peacock as a horror film. Correct. Anything else we got to talk about before we get down in the nitty gritty of this? No, um, I just keep seeing articles that the actors are still meeting to try to end the strike, oh which goodness. doesn't seem to be ending, but uh, yeah, um, should we talk about Dune was supposed to come out Dune as we're <laughs> recording, we should be in the theater, <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's kind of it though. last week, I said that I'd read forty issues of Spider-Man 
<laughs> I'm now on issue 103. My boy is grinding. I'm, I'm talking to Mason Antoine in particular for this. I know he's an avid listener. If we, We've texted about Invincible. Yeah. If you like Invincible at all, you need to read this Ultimate Spider-Man run. Ooh, there it is. And I know you have Marvel Unlimited. Oh. There's nothing stopping you. Yeah. We should be sponsored by Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> we should. <laughs> we've talked about it on two episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. Um, we'll catch you with the... with the, we're, putting the, we're starting something new. We're putting the theme music in in a second. And then we'll be right back... With our feature film. With the feature film. for joining us for our extended talk on our featured film imdb number 233 yeah 233 yeah correct the 232 maiden i think we're 233 yeah we can't mess up again can we (laughs) i feel like this isn't every episode occurrence i was gonna say we are so lost now yeah 233 okay that's that's my fault 233 got the giggles 2016's the, the handmaiden. handmaiden you've messed me up because you called this the handmaid's tale one time i was telling my roommates all day i was watching the handmaiden today or the handmaid's tale today <laughs> like you're gonna watch four seasons of television in one night <laughs> but ever since that i've been wanting to call it that yeah but this this is not that no at all. no at all no i guess actually sort of yeah but not really and uh, let me just say this i feel like this this is your audio exclamation point in the yellow triangle we we mentioned this beforehand, but viewer discretion viewer is discretion advised. is advised. If you are at, at adverse to talks of sexual intercourse, yep, please turn away now because it is impossible to discuss this film without that's right talking heavily about sex. Yeah, so here's your moment. If you want to pause and you're like, "Ooh, sex!" Here I go. I'm gonna and I'm gonna watch I will, this film. I will put a uh, in the in the in the thumbnail. Or I guess the whatever this the version of that in Spotify yeah. is. I will timestamp when we discuss which movie moves on. Look at that. So if you don't want to really hear, if you didn't care for this movie, and you just I want to get this movie out of my mind, I want to scrub it from my brain, but I do want to hear what Zach and Nicholas have to say about what movie's better. Go ahead and skip to that now, and then it will be it will be timestamped. There you go. But from there, let's let's dive into it. Yep. So right off the top. This movie is rated an 8.1 out of 10. One of our higher rated ones. I think we've been, I think my father, and my son, an 8.2. But this yeah. 8.1s are, we're, we're, we're in the weeds now. By the way, my father, my son keeps, keeps climbing up that. The close screen effect, <laughs> baby. And it sits at an 85 on Metascore. And for, for some context for this movie, it was directed by one of the, the more well known Korean filmmakers, Park Chan Wook who directed uh, 2003's Old Boy, which is, I would, I would say, maybe the magnum opus of Korean films. Because we're, we're going to talk about some of the, the plot of this. Old Boy has, a, I think, one of the craziest plot twists in cinema history. Oh, dang. So, if, Nicholas, if you want to read off some of, the, some of the cast to your best ability. Oh, Lord. All right. So, we here at the close screening are not known for our we're pronunciations. We're not linguists. No, by any means. Uh, so please forgive us um, as we read this off. Um, our two titular 
women characters. Izumi Hideko is played by one Kim Min Hee. And our other titular character, Nam Suki, is played by Kim Tae-ri. Uh, to round out our cast, we have the Count Fujirara, which is played by Ha Jung-woo. The Uncle Kazuki, played by Chu Jin Wung. And the Madam Suzuki, played by Kim Hai Suk. And I definitely did not pronounce any of those names correct, but... We will try our best to reference them early and often as we run through the synopsis and the main plot um, points. Sort of a princess and the popper type situation going on here. What do you mean by that? That flew over your head. Never mind then. No. Didn't yet um, yeah, so we got the characters. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> uh, this, is, this is probably the most densely complicated movie that we've watched so far. Yes. Um. So if I if I had to uh, if I had to sort of sell you on this movie, you say Zach, what what is this movie? I'm you know what I'm calling it. What I'm coining this lesbian parasite. That's fair. It's fair. Yeah. It's not true. The whole truth. But I think that's the the closest sort of thing I can I can pin it on right now. Yeah. So the movie follows the count. I mean, we're just gonna call him the count. The yeah. man. The male character. He has found what he thinks is a surefire wave that he can get rich. He's a con artist. He's been... Yeah, he's not actually a count. He's not a count. He's formed this fake persona. And he has become a a man that deals in art. And he's a he's falsifying these these paintings. And he's, he's portraying himself as this rich man. And we're in 1930s Korea during Japanese occupation. So he is a Korean man. And he, he runs sort of this Ponzi scheme where they take orphaned children and raise them to the point where they are then sold to Japanese aristocrats for yep. profit. Um, so he, he wants to get out of this, this lifestyle. So he's going to form this personality and he finds this Japanese family who's living in Korea and the the daughter is very wealthy and she has all the inheritance but she's set to marry her own uncle in uh the future so he wants to take her away and marry her and then once they get married he will uh send her off to an insane asylum after their marriage has been certified so he can take Reap all the, the money. inheritance yep so he gets one of his women that raises these babies uh Suk he and he says that you're going to be her new handmaiden and you are going to convince this woman to fall in love with me and then once you do I will give you 50,000 50, yen yep so the movie starts off when we get her perspective in part one where she goes to the house and slowly she starts falling in love with this woman to the point where there is pretty I would say tame sex scene with the two of them yeah. Um and that's the part I texted you. I said, Nicholas, I kid you not, this is the most erotic scene that I've ever seen in a film. So just And that was before I watched the end yeah, of the movie. I was supposed to say to interject with so Zach watched this film a couple hours before I did, and you texted me, you said it, it was his exact words, but you said this was the most erotic and the first within the first thirty minutes, the most erotic scenes I have seen. And so I was like prepped this whole time. I was like, Oh, here it comes. And it came and I was like, Oh man, that really was thinking that was the end that was nothing no 
This film is in three parts. Part so, one was very tame. Okay, first I want to... Did you look up anything about this movie before you watched it? All I knew it was a South Korean film. That's it. Because... Plot, character, none I, of it. I, I've heard whispers of this movie. Oh, this is this is a one of the best modern LGBTQ movies of all time. So I knew that, and then I saw the poster. Had no idea it was a period piece. And I thought, I said, oh, it's going to be a man and a wife hire this new handmaiden, and she's going to like slowly fall in love with the wife. Right. No. No. So... After this erotic, very sensual scene, where was it? Uh, can I just call? I'll just call her the handmaiden because I can't remember these names. Su- yeah, Suki. Suki. She's sort of teaching what actually what she thinks is teaching this woman how to properly please the count when it comes time for marriage. Correct. And it's a very short scene, but very, very erotic. Crazy, crazy that you can get away with this. Yeah, this movie would not be. Uh, put out in theaters in america if this was an um, not a foreign film so then after that we follow her and she she sort of starts to resent her uh her lover i can't remember these names i got because it's I, a lot of names uh lady hadeko hadeko hadeki hadeki hadeko i think ko hadeko Hideki? I always say doesn't matter. With we'll, an eye, Hideki. We'll call her the lady. lady. Yeah. So she, uh, because the lady is starting to fall for the count. And then it's implied that they are about to run away from it with each other. Yep. And then next thing we know, they're in Japan. He's getting married to her. And they're sort of, uh, what's it called? Certifying, consummating the marriage. And you can hear like the moans. And then... She, uh, which is breaking the handmaiden's heart this whole time. Yeah, and she's trying to like sing to drown out the moans. So, uh, Suk then sort of re finds her purpose in what she was sent there to do. She's sort, she's very sort of on board, sort of with the Count's plan. So then, when they take her to the insane asylum, insane asylum, she's. Like almost devastated, but this is like, I got to do what I got to do. It wasn't going to work out for me. And the next thing we know, Suk is being taken into the insane asylum. Twist. First twist that just and rocked she, me. She's, she's, oh my gosh, what's happening? So then we go back and we get the story from the lady's perspective. Yep. And from there, we're taking a really long time to do this. No, that's fine. But it's it, but it's but it's necessary. I, I do think that talking this out sort of does help. Yeah. And I'm glad because it's it's helping me to like yes like this is what I yeah, experienced so yeah because because when part two starts it is a flashback to the lady Hideki's childhood yeah and the last thing we because we were first off we're recontextualized all everything that we've already seen with the last words from part one are saying she was always a little brat so we've the audience we as the audience have been reconfigured our minds to not like this woman anymore yep we hate her. And we, we see her as a child and how she's sort of a difficult to deal with. But then we start seeing how she's not reading properly. So her uncle beats her with these metal balls. Yeah. And then we find out that he is exploiting her where she, they sort of have this auditorium in the house where she's dressed up and she has to read basically smut novels to a group like of pornography. men where she is describing these very graphic sexual acts where they 
are just like moaning in her, like towards her. And then at the end of all these pro these programs, a model, like a dummy, is falling down on the floor. Then she mounts it to display the position she was describing. Never so, in my wildest dreams was I just crazy, crazy scenes. So and you can tell that she hates doing this, but she she's basically her uncle's ward. She's an orphan. Yep. And then we talk. They show how her aunt killed herself because she was the one being forced to do this before Our Lady. Yep. So then we see the count for the not for the first time, but in the chronological order of the film, this is the first time that they've met, and he is the one that proposes that they should arrange a deal because he says you're the only woman that's ever not looked back at me when I've given them my sexy glance. Or That's whatever. right. And in that moment, he knows that she's not interested in men. So she comes up, he comes up with the plan of, we will take this woman that I work with and we will basically run away and use her as a decoy for you. Yep. Put her in an insane asylum and then we'll split the money and go our separate ways. Correct. So she's, she's on board for that. But then... We, we get the love story recontextualized and we see her. She starts to fall and they both are actually truly falling in love. And then this is when we get the, I it, I looked it up. It is a four minute sex scene. Yeah. Extreme, the most graphic sex scene I've seen on television. Yeah. And it, it reminded me of, there's a documentary, I think I've talked about it before called This Film Is Not Yet Rated. It's yeah, yeah, all you about have. the MPAA's rules for rating. And how usually if there's any sort of lesbian sex on screen, it's an automatic NC-17. Um, and since this movie didn't come out in America. Sure. It, it's just slapped with a not rated. But what a graphic scene. That was the most sensual scene I've ever seen. Oh my gosh, yes. 2.0. And then we're recontextualized again where she knows that she's going to have to marry the Count, but she doesn't want to anymore because she's in love with... Uh, Suki. Suki. And then she's about to hang herself because she doesn't want to break Suki's heart. And then Suki's the one that catches her right when she's about to fall yeah. off, break her neck on this tree to hang herself. And then that's when she, uh, the lady kind of basically tells her, okay, this is our plan all along. Crazy. So then we like go triple agent to part three where so Suki's Su- in the insane asylum. Yeah. And Suki knows that that, Suki was the knows plan. that this was the plan. So she is orchestrating her own counter plan right basically how to get back at the men the yeah. count and the uncle so and what they were doing to her all along basically I'll, I'll speed it up they break suki out of this insane asylum her old partners break her out and then they both run off together and she uh the lady drugs uh the count with his own opium, opium. that she gave he gave her as a wedding present and then he is taken to the uncle's, the basement that they allude to. And inside this basement is a, basically a torture chamber where there's penises and vaginas and right. breasts and butts. And all the written and, pornography. And, and all this pornography. Books that they were reading off. Uh, in these jars to be preserved. And there's a giant octopus in a tank. And then the uncle starts uh, to torture him. and Cutting off fingers. Cutting off his fingers, drilling a hole through his palm. And then... The count says, "If I won't, I'll tell you about my Sexual wedding exploits. night. My wedding night with your niece, if you let me smoke my cigarettes." So then he smokes his cigarettes, 
And then the, the uncle says, oh, your cigarette smoke. It's almost blue. It's, it's beautiful. And then the count says, well, yes, uh, that's what happens when you, you ignite mercury. And it's, it's most toxic when it's in its gas state. And then he says, at least I'll die with my cock intact. Yes. So then they both die. And then our, our girls live a happily ever after where they have another very sensual scene where they, she has reclaimed the, the, the bells that used to beat her. And she's using them as a sex object to, to satisfy her urges. And then the movie ends with pleasant moans on the ocean. Yep. That's probably, Man, our, that's probably our longest. I know, but what a whirlwind. I, audience members, if that doesn't make you want to just go watch that film, just to experience that for yourself, I don't know what will. Um, first off, what did you think of the inner monologues that we were getting throughout the movie? I appreciated it. That's a very tricky thing um, because usually it's done incorrectly. Because mm-hmm. uh, whether you're... Um, reading something or it's a visual medium usually the the rule of thumb is show don't tell but especially in a film that has different perspectives between the different parts it is essential to understand what is going on internally within a character Mm -hmm. and suki's dialogue it it helps that it's also very captivating so i really appreciated it because it also helped for me and again it, it also could be because as a foreign film, it's also hard for me to just be able to follow general body language sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so it added that extra layer for me or that extra moment where I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is her true feeling behind this. Or it recontextualizes the scene where I'm like, ah, that is clever. Yeah, I think it's it's especially needed in... Is it? Does she narrate in part two? Oh, I can't remember. I, I think she does near the end. Um, but I, it definitely helps to know what characters actually are like their motivations actually are because everyone is double crossing each other yeah so much um but yeah what a what a movie <laughs> i mean it's it's sort of a hard movie to talk about yeah um i i think it, and we talked about this off air i think for us maybe the 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 first obstacle was the names because it is hard e- even though this is mm-hmm. a a smaller cast with when it comes when it comes to these these foreign names for us as white male americans uh it's hard to keep track of it so so i think that was the the first struggle and keeping track of what was going on and and what everyone's motivations were and it became increasingly more difficult as these characters sort of double crossed each other um Mm -hmm. but otherwise i i appreciated sort of the the breakneck pace because let's let's start here it is a two and a half hour film yeah, it does our, not feel. It does not because I was I I started the movie. And I said, "Crap, I'm just not really feeling a two and a half hour movie." Yeah. The next thing I know, I was an hour and forty minutes in. That's right. I, I I think the first like half hour, you're like, uh, you know, when you're getting introduced to everybody and the motivations, but then afterwards, it's breakneck pace because it's such like a formulaic movie in part one when you're like. Okay, like I know, like this, because you watch part one, you're like, this movie's, like we've resolved everything. Everything that's supposed to happen happened. Correct. But then that very last moment when everything switches on its head and you go backwards. Yep. And you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta sit up. I gotta, I gotta lock in. I gotta correct. Really 
focus on what I'm hearing because what I've just saw was a lie. Right. And and it's because no one seems interesting in the first half hour. Like everyone seems like they're just the most generic characters. Like the count just seems like the con man who yeah. is trying to, you know, be the, the fancy lady, aristocrat. La- the lady, lady is just seems boring. The, the oofy doofy, like I'm an aristocrat, I haven't had anything. Like I've had everything I've wanted. Right. I'm a little little dumb and even the and even our our main character suki one of the main characters she's not the main character but for her like you've you've seen that character before right the individual who's thrust into the sort of a servant music yeah exactly (laughs) i correct and so it's like ah you know i I don't know about this and i'm also i don't know if you had this experience too but um the first thing that the film does when it opens is it it tells you that Yellow subtitles mm-hmm. are for Japanese and white subtitles are for Korean. And I don't know why. That's as, as simple as you could possibly make it. Took me about a good half hour for me to like f- get my feet under me. Like having to recognize, okay, they're speaking Korean. Like that's, there's for a reason. And like, because like the Count, for instance, he was having to play that role of the Japanese. I can speak Korean. Yeah. I can speak Japanese and like play that role. It, it's a lot at first, but then once you're in it, you are in it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was such a neat detail, especially for a foreign film to be like, oh, yeah, since you don't speak either of these languages, you need to know that this what language you're speaking is essential to the plot. Right. Yeah. Even though to our Western ears, they sound almost they sound exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but I, I thought the standout besides the plot of this movie was the sound design. The sound design was awesome, wasn't it? Um. Yeah, talk about it. So they're just the the idea of like lingering sounds from scene to scene was such a unique idea for me. Yeah. It's like you have this this massive, like impactful sex scene with the two women and then the scene is over, but the the moans of pleasure are relayed into this next scene and then it sort of heightens up the tension because we know that they're having an affair. The count doesn't know. He right. thinks everything's going to, according to plan. Yeah. And then you get a couple more of those where for better or for worse, you got these moans that are, you can't forget that the sex is so important to this movie that they transcend scenes. Yeah. And, and you're right. It happens more than once. I mean, shoot, I think it happens like three or four times. Um, and it also just places more of an emphasis. Like for us, like those scenes are so shocking. And it's just an extra couple of seconds too, an extra couple of beats where you're left with that. You're like, whoa, like that's it's almost like, I don't want anyone to walk in here right now. Exactly. (laughs) Which is, you know, it's kind of a cool movie experience. Like, because you know, we, we talked about in the time that you finish watching those specific scenes, you're, you're just telling yourself like, you're like, I I will never probably experience that another film again, because some of these films just seem so formulaic or you don't, it's really hard with, 100 plus years of cinema under our belt that you don't get moments that last with you within the film like that that it's 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 really special like i we're, we're i don't i highly doubt i could be wrong zach but in the next 225 plus films that we watch i don't think there's gonna be any moment where those and it's, i'm not talking about like specific moans but where scenes linger like that and mm-hmm. leave you with those beats yeah that you have to sit with mm-hmm. no I, I totally agree um last thing on sound this is the i don't know what sort of microphones they were using to pick up but anytime the count was breathing you could hear like 
he had like a nostril maybe closed yeah. up. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Glad, glad my soundbar was was working for this one. And it, it's almost like, I would hate to be married to this dude. Like to be stuck with that every day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but do we want to talk about the sex now or later? Let's get it. Let's so, get dirty. Obviously, this this movie is the main theme of this movie is sexual liberation. Yep. This woman has, for all intents and purposes, has been locked away, forced to satisfy men with her words for her entire adult life. Yeah. Nothing because as we see in this movie and in real life, sex is supposed to be a pleasurable experience for both parties. Consent is key. And we know that this, this woman has been satisfying men. Since she was a child. Since she was a child. She's like been her trained uncle from was basically birth to yeah. do this. And he, he makes a point of how she needs to stop and like pronounce it every word correctly. So, and we learn later so that these men can hang on every word. And then, the uncle even says to the count at one point, he says, are you going to be thinking about her in your dreams tonight? So he knows what, obviously he knows what he's doing. And she's living in this world where the sex that she is partaking in is, is nothing that she is willingly participating in. Yep. Um, so, and then our, our main theme of this are these, these balls that, when she was a child for being a brat, she was beaten on her hands until she was bloody. Yeah. And, and then she had to put one in her mouth and she had to taste the metal and says, remember this next time you act out. And then the very final scene is she pulls out a strand of two bells and she puts one in her mouth and puts one in. I can't remember her name. Uh, uh, Hideki. Suki. Suki. Uh, in her mouth and then from there they this is graphic they transfer it to each other's vaginas and yeah. then start pleasuring themselves they're kind of like they're like I'm jingle feel, bells I want to I want to no, I'm going to feel weird saying this they're they're like big anal beads almost almost yeah, yeah. They're, they're connected like that so it it was it was her sort of reclaiming what was once meant to bring her such pain and to bring yeah. up painful memories to keep her in line has transcended into something where it's now her own and her own pleasure and well the new life she's moving to Shanghai with her lover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sex is a big part. Everyone is obsessed with sex in this movie. Yeah. The women want to have sex with each other. Right. The men want to have sex with the women. Yeah. The men want to talk about sex. The men want to write about sex. The men want to draw about sex. Yeah. The men want to describe sex. The men want to see how to have sex. Yeah. We're teaching each other about sex. And what's interesting is for a lot of these scenes too, like I'm thinking in, in part two specifically, when they're making love to each other on the bed, Hideki and, and Suki, mm-hmm. you don't see any more than breast, but the way in which the camera we follows. We had a shot from the, in part one, there is a shot from the perspective of the vagina that is about to have oral sex performed. Correct. I was just about to mention that. Which it's, I was I was just like, that is, regardless of what you believe on sex, that was one of the coolest shots I think I've ever it seen. Is, it is. It's, like, it's literally... You go to work one day, you're like, guys, we're, we're, we're putting the camera 
in the vagina today. And again, it, it's shocking, but it's all, it's like captivating because again, you've never seen something like that before because it's, again, you're not showing anything graphic, yeah. but the implication, like what's implied is so crazy to think about because it's like Zach mentioned, the shot is the head taking up three fourths of that screen between the two legs. Mm-hmm. So we're taking up the rest. And then that, then uh, Suki's face starts to come in and the tongue starts coming out and you're like, get out of here stop <laughs> it no way this is um, about to happen yeah um i think it's purposely shot in a way where like because we it, we're seeing in part two we see the same sex scene just a longer version of it, it is yep and i think it's shot like that because it's it's sort of supposed to make you feel like you're not supposed to be watching this right this is the most intimate moment in probably both of these women's lives yeah and once was enough <laughs> but then we've we've recontextualized it and we know that these both these women actually do have love for each other and we're watching this and it's like okay this is actually an intimate moment these aren't these aren't two women that are playing each other yeah and isn't that so much more powerful that you yeah. get it a second time um, like i do i do want to say a story oh, go. but finish when no finish no no, no. I, I was just gonna say just to that point there wasn't anything else it's just like when you're shown a scene like that the first time obviously audience members and, and i think most people would agree like sex sells right or that gets your Mm -hmm. attention like if you're kind of like dozing off or not paying attention you're like oh here i go and you get it again and just like you mentioned it's longer it's more intimate it's gonna grab your attention and it's like that's it's obviously very important i mean we talk about this all the time there's a reason that directors they don't just include things for no reason like there Mm -hmm. there's a time and a space for certain things and it's it's to place emphasis on that moment and how that is recontextualized from everything you've seen in the first hour and a half of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a little story. So we watched this movie separately, both on the same day. And Nicholas texted me and said, hey, we got about an hour left. Um, just come over. I said, I'll probably come over when there's, text me when there's 20 minutes. But I, I decided to come over a little earlier. And the front door is unlocked. And I walk in right on the moment. Yeah. We won't go too graphic into what the scene was playing, but it was one of the more graphic scenes of this movie from yeah. this scene we're talking about. And I said, could you imagine if I just walked in here oh. without any context? Like if I was your other roommate, you w- he would think that you were watching pornography yeah. on the the family television. You mentioned to me earlier today, this is a film you would watch alone. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you had Mark in here watching it with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was just like, I'll watch it. I said, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think, cause I, there, there's this new poll. I can't remember what it was from, but it was like 47% of people our age say that sex is not needed in a narrative. Yeah. Do you think the sex was actually needed? Yes. Do you think it needed to be as graphic as it was? I do. You do? Yeah. I And I, I don't know if I can put into words why I think it needs to be, um, I just think that the the whole film takes itself seriously and mm-hmm. with that with that territory comes the need to treat that moment as passionate as it was played out. Perfectly said. I totally totally agree. Yeah. Because I mean this is the catalyst for the change of both of these women's lives. The right. trajectory of their lives has completely changed after this moment. <laughs> if you heard that we got some room in interference um but yeah because if that doesn't happen 
one woman ends up in in a, an insane asylum, and the next part, yeah. the ones other one's probably dead. She yeah, probably exactly. kills herself exactly with, the, with the opium. Um, last thing I'll say about sex. Do you did you pick up on on any? I'm actually asking this because I haven't really formulated this. Did you yeah. did you pick up on something with the the octopus? Do you think there was something more there, or do you think it was just more of like this this man was just uh, running experiments on you know, seeing what an octopus would do with a, it's funny with a human s- body? Yeah, it's funny you say that because, gosh, I feel like it's. And I could be, it could be one of those moments. I don't, I, there's a term for it where it's like, you've seen something before and you think that you've not quite deja vu. But anyway, I feel like I've seen that, whether it's mm-hmm. through folklore, James Bond, octopus, Japanese, Korean folklore specifically. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I've seen that image yeah. like, of, the, of the image of the octopus like spread around the woman. Right. And again, the inclusion of it obviously implies something. I mean, I, I pick, I thought it was just like, this man, the uncle, has had his tentacles like wrapped around this woman for so long. That does seem that like he has sort of almost identifies as the octopus where he keeps a live octopus. Yeah. Where he can actually see what an octopus does to these bodies that he's sure. fetishizing over. Yeah. And it's it's funny too, because I it's it's not even only the uncle, it's also the count too, where it's by the time this is all over the count thinks that he's in control of the whole situation, right? Whether it's Hideki situation and Suki situation. And it's like you mentioned, like he's got his tentacles around the whole situation too. Does it appear to be the case? Mm-hmm. Everyone's got tentacles everywhere. Yeah. Um, God, what was I going to say? I just for completely blanked on what I was about to say about the tentacles. Um, one thing I, I will say is uh, the film does a really solid job of, oh, I remember. Be- of uh mentioning um you mentioned in your, in your synopsis especially near the end where the count is smoking the cigarettes which leads to the downfall of the uncle there's always something just so clever and and you feel just so good as an audience member where you just you pick up on the small moments that happened before the film where one of his character traits from the very beginning of the film going all the way back to part one is the smoking of the cigarettes. And there are just small moments like that where it just defines the character where by the end you're like, what does this have to do with anything? Like the cigarettes Um, and you're like, okay, like he wants the cigarette. First off, pause that. Yeah, sure. Um, because I have a whole section. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Bet that. But the last thing, did you, when the uncle, when is it as the, the flashback, when he says, I'm taking you to the basement, what it, and you hear that noise, but you don't see it. What did you, did you think that was anything? What did you think that was? Oh, you know, I don't think I, uh, because I really, I really thought we were getting like a parasite, like twist twist to it where they're like, where I guess it was sort of like he had, they did, the film doesn't really spend too much time in the basement. Yeah. As where parasite spends a lot of the, the back half of the narrative talking I don't th- about i guess i didn't think it was anything crazy in the moment i guess i thought it was i thought it was like a torture a, dungeon which it w- really was I, but I, I to myself i thought torture dungeon but not like torture dungeon yeah if that makes sense i thought it was like a dominatrix type thing kind of yeah um but yeah that i thought it was an interesting foreshadowing and we get the octopus stuff earlier um so i have we got to talk about the twist now yeah because i wrote fantastic drama with three twists um, and I thought, did you pick up on the cigarette thing earlier? Yeah. When, cause the whole movie he's carried around 
a whole box of normal cigarettes and then two or three yep. blue cigarettes, but he never touches the never blue touches ones. them. And earlier in the movie, he says, um, basically like you always want to be able to weasel out of something. And he, his wedding present to his fake bride is a capsule of opium, opium, highly concentrated opium. It says two drops, put you to thirst to sleep. Three drops knocks a horse out the whole bottle. Take it if you want to die. Yep. So he's already established himself as a man of, if I got to get out of something, got contingency, death is the only option. So I thought that was, as soon as, as soon as he asked for the cigarette, I said, he's going to smoke the two blue ones and he's going to, I thought, I knew, I thought it was going to be that he was just going to, somehow he was going to be like immune to it. Yeah. And like just kill the uncle or offer the uncle. One really? See, I, I thought, I figured he was, he was yeah. going out. But too. then once he started smoking them, I was like, okay, it's in the air. He's going to be yeah. inhaling it. So they're both going to be dead. Um, it's cool. I, I love when that happens. Yeah, like books, stories, movies, whatever. Like it's always so cool because it's such a little thing. And if you pick on it, you feel so smart. But even if you don't, you're like, oh, like I know that. Like I know mm-hmm. that I had seen that before. Um, this isn't really a twist, but I thought the the section after Suki is taken out of the insane asylum by her friends, mm-hmm. we get a scene where the lady is trying to escape the count's clutches. So she makes two bottles glasses of wine and she fills one with three drops of the of the opium and you you would think that he would just take it and she says because she comes up with the fact she says since we did this amazing thing together we weaseled our way out of it and we're going to be rich i'll let you kiss me and then he says oh i don't want to kiss you until you want to be kissed yeah so then she's like thinking like crap i can't get him to drink this so she's drinking hers and she keeps trying to get him to drink his and he's not doing it. So to the point where she puts it in her mouth and then kisses him and then basically swigs it into yep. his mouth and does that with the whole glass. And then right before he's about to have sex with her, because he's desperate to have sex with her. Yep. Uh, she, he passes out. Yep, and then that's passes. when he's picked up by the, the samurai men. Yeah. And S- taken to the uncle. Such a cool moment. Like it would, I never would have thought that that's how yeah. that scene would have played out because, a- because when it's happening, like she downs her glass mm-hmm. and he takes like a sip and you like the whole time, like he's starting to like undress her and like caress her and I'm like, Oh, like, how is he, how are they going to, how is she going to get yeah. him to drink this? And it's like, man, that's just like, so, so cool. It's so creative. It's like, it's almost like James Bond style. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was here when you watched that last twist and you paused the movie and you said, I've been triple crossed. I was, <laughs> I was again, it's James Bond. I've been triple crossed. No, it was, it was awesome. Like I, I, I did like the first twist did not see coming when she was sent, when Suki was sent mm-hmm. to the institution and I was like, Oh, it's one of those films. And then I was then the part two. I was triple crossed. Yeah. Like I was twisted again. I was like, what a second, what is happening? Um, I thought this was a. Would you call this a drama? Would you call it a thriller? And it's obviously romance. It's what, a, would, what would you categorize it in another? Oh my gosh, I. Maybe more drama than thriller, but it certainly has aspects of thriller, right? doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um. I think I feel like we've talked all about it, but there's two things that I. I they're sort of nitpicks because mm-hmm. I think we we've gushed about this movie. This yeah, whole time. yeah, we have. Um. I thought it did go on a, a couple minutes too long. At I the thought, end. I thought it had like like an actual ending. When yeah. When he's smoking, when he's inhaling the 
the fumes and you in- inhale it. Could have ended there. It could have ended there. Yeah. And I said, oh, and then we're keep going and then it keeps going. Because there was a weird scene. Can we talk for a second as he's inhaling? The film then cuts back to a montage of scenes we had seen before. Mm-hmm. And some of them were slowed down and paused. Yeah. And then Do you know like what I'm referring rowing to? The, the boat. boat. Yeah. And then that leads me into my second part. So in both part one and part two, in part one, it's very weird where you're watching it and then you see them, they're running in this field, they're frolicking in this field together and you and they have bags in their hands. And it's like, oh, they're, they're running away together. And then we cut to them on a boat with a count. Yep. And then in part two, I was like, okay, we're getting this context- contextualized. And we see like one of them hops over the fence, but then the lady is sort of apprehensive. It reminded me of the Lord of the Rings when Sam refuses to walk across the field. I've never been this far from the Shire. Um, and then she stacks the luggage up so it makes it a stair, and then they start running again. Yep. But then it cuts back again to the count. So I, I almost wonder if that's something they cut out of the film. Yeah. Because it made no sense. No, it, it didn't. Because they were running away together. Yeah. And then the next thing we know is that they're in Japan with the count. So that was my that was my two only nitpicks of this movie. Yeah, I, I, I can't speak to that. I'm just as confused about that as you are. Um, But anything else you want to talk about? Um, did, did you want to speak on, on the acting at all? Did you, did you feel that they love, were love the performances? The count was a scoundrel. He was, he, w- he was a perfect type of scoundrel because it's so easy to play that type of character, but mm-hmm. he was, but he was also kind of funny at times because, because at the beginning of the movie, you're, you're, because you're sort of agreeing with him. You're like, all right, let's go. Let's get this girl. Yeah. Like she's got it all. Like we've seen how these people have to live with their occupiers. So let's let's go get this woman. Let's make yeah. her pay. And he has this like suaveness to him where he's like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I've laid out. And this is what you're going to do to help me. Yeah. And the girls are begging him. Let me do it. I'm a better nanny. I've worked with, I, I've been a maid before. She doesn't, she, doesn't, she doesn't even know, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't know how to clean. Yeah. And then, so we're on his side at first. And then it, it sort of switches. Then we get these amazing performances from both of our women. Yeah. And we get this absolutely just like perverse performance from the uncle. Yeah. Yeah. You really don't like him at all. Yeah. Ever. And he's, and he even talks about how he's, he, he he's wants so to, wants to have sex with his niece. Yeah. So much. And how it is begging, it begging is, the count to recount his wedding night. As graphic and gross as it is near the end when he's cutting off the count's fingers and sort of act, sort of prying details from him. The way in which he's talking, it is it it's is so chilling. mesmerizing. Where he like, again, I it's weird to say this out loud, but he's talking. He's like, you know, did she like feel her like coochie? Like, were there wrinkles? Was it? T- <laughs> hey, did let's, it, let's did you, it like let's tighten use up? scientific terms on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, I mean, did he? Use, I'm. They I said he, that. Did he did say? He say that? I can't remember. He, now. Oh, he said the c word. Oh yeah. The other c. Not word. gonna say that. Um. But and then at that point you sort of flip when once you, once you catch on to what the count is doing you've sort of gone from this guy's suave we're we're going on like a uh, a Mission Impossible like heist the Ocean's Eleven we're gonna steal this money and then we're gone oh he's a sleaze ball he left our woman to die in the asylum but once you pick up on he's like okay we're going out together you're you're rooting for him you're like you're like let's hope he doesn't get his penis cut off yeah because you don't want to see this even though this man's a sleaze ball you don't want to see him being tortured yeah. I will. I will. The final thing I have to say about this film is that I I did appreciate the moments of levity that were included. Like that. That was awesome when he was like, 
at least my I'll have my cock intact. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there are scenes earlier in the film which provide a lot of levity for um, that just follow very serious moments. Like there's the one scene that stood out to me, Zach. I don't know if you'll remember it, but it's when the count is arguing with Suki about how she's you're so dumb using a lot of foul language i won't mm-hmm. repeat you're so dumb you're messing up this whole plan and you, you gotta stick to this plan and he takes her hand and places it on his you know on his mm-hmm. on his wiener his heart wiener. Me- medical terms please penis there you go you know hey i'm trying to keep we're it. adults i'm trying to keep it you know we've PG. already stated that you're right we're, you're right we're in the uh, nc-17 category. and this whole time he's like berating her while his, her hand is just on it and mm-hmm. then when it's all when it's over she's you know she's like fine like i'll play your game and she's like next time like don't put or don't force my hand on your tiny joke of a what I don't even remember. Penis. Yeah, um, like those scenes. So I was like, get it. Like also, that's hilarious. I also like the scene when it's after they the women have sort of had their first fallout, and she doesn't really want to be the handmaiden anymore. And she has the the lady has the sort of like bell that she rings and she's ringing it to get her attention and she's not coming. Yeah. So she rings it so many times so, and so fast that the bell just rips, rips off. off. Yeah. Um, but now that we've been talking, I've been thinking about one final thing. Um, in the, the whole movie lady, I'm going to, I'm going to say her name, right? I'm going to look it up <laughs> one more time and I'm going to, I'm actually going to say it cause we're almost done. Hideki lady. Where's IMDB? Here it is. H I D E K I. Lady Hideki, mm-hmm. but it's an O, Hideko. Oh, Hideko? It's, it's H-I-D-E-K-O. We apologize, lady. Hideko? Miss Lady. Hideki? Well, she, the whole movie, is she fully ripe? Is she ripe yet? Yeah. We keep getting these images of, is she blossomed? Is she full? And we get like, she's painting peaches, and then the count grabs it. The juiciest peach I've ever seen in my life where he <laughs> that takes thing. one bite and the whole peach explodes. Man, if I had 3D glasses, I would have gotten soaked by the peach juice. <laughs> and he says, oh, perfectly ripe. And we're always alluding to her sexuality as, as on a scale of ripeness. And this whole movie, we're getting moon imagery where I think it's after the first, the sex scene, the moon is like, it's still a crescent. But then after their final sex scene, we've, the final image of this movie is this full moon. Yes. And she's fully blossomed good into the catch. person she's supposed to be. Yep. Which I thought was a pretty good yeah. allegory for a blossom. Absolutely. The moon cycle. Um, So I think that's, do you got anything else? No, you say? I think we covered, that's it. Um, We've been going a while. No, I, we love this film. So let's go ahead and get into this it. This goes into it. Um, Audience, I, I've looked at your, your ratings, your yes and your no's on your polls, and I, these people are not happy with us. That no, they're Amores not. That Paris has lasted this long. Hey, it's like that when you find yourself on the side of the majority, stop and question. <laughs> but this movie, I'm going to go ahead and say it deserves to knock Amores Paris into the water. It needs to put it in a, a sane asylum. It's not even close to me. Yeah. I think, and you could feel it. Like we're we're energized we're by this ener- conversation. This, is a, this good, is a good episode. Yeah, if I do say something. I so. agree. No, um, there we don't have to have a dis- debate discussion. No discussion it's over. at all. It's just you watch the movie and you know that I'm watching a better movie. Yeah. And we and we've talked about the length of some of these films and how we're like, oh, we just dread it. <laughs> Didn't feel it. And again, it's and it speaks to like the films that we have kept, uh, Amores Peros and. Um, 
Oh my gosh, Persona? the Swedish Persona, nineteen sixty. I almost want to say Psycho. Uh, the rewatchability factor. Like now that you have all of the scenes recontextualized, you could watch this film all over again from the beginning. And be like, all right, I got this now. Like the rewatchability factor is tremendous. Performances tremendous, and I think we mentioned this in our preview of last week. This is the most recent film that we saw. And mm-hmm. I think that speaks to, you know, just our modern sensibilities. Like, I'm in this film 100%. Move it on. Here we go. Handmaiden. Onwards. Onwards. We're rocking and rolling. Perfect. I don't, yeah, not even a debate. Not even worth discussing it at length. And I, I honestly, I I mean, based on the debates that I've seen, the people that are voting, I'm assuming they will want anything to dethrone it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, even if they didn't like this movie, they'll probably say, get this one off. Yeah. But that's all we got for you today. That's it. I um, recommend it. Zach what, recommend, uh, final recommends Final rating? It. Oh, yeah. Ratings. Put me at a... And this might, this might seem low. I, I might have even have rated other films higher that we've covered before. I am at an 8.7 for this film. I'm at an 8.72. Look at that. That's pretty high. That's I mean, high. That 8. is high. 8.1 on average. Yeah. Um... But yeah, but next week is a big week for you, Nicholas. Oh, Zach, tell him, let him know. Humongous week. Let him know. I think they know we're watching. We've been we've been teasing it for a couple weeks now. They've they've changed the movie poster. Stop it! But we have Hachi a dog's tail. (laughs) Is it rated G? It is rated G. Came out in two (laughs) thousand nine. Directed by Lassie Hallstrom. I think I'm just more curious more than anything why this yeah, film yeah, me, is because at least like I've heard of most of these movies and you're like oh that's oh you haven't seen this movie yeah oh that must that's a good movie I've never heard of this movie <laughs> and to be sitting above some of the movies we've seen before yeah. just seems crazy it seems incredulous because this movie has 302,000 reviews yeah over 150,000 more than yeah. last the handmaiden audience members if you thought we were energized for this one just you wait <laughs> all right well i think that does us for here on the close screening podcast just make sure you're you're following us on twitter at close screening and follow us wherever you get your your uh your podcast we ha- we're sitting at a five-star rating with over 10 reviews so Ooh, far <laughs> heck yes so if you're a listener and you haven't re- reviewed it or liked it or starred it Go you're not one of our favorites. You 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 help us out. But anything else you got as closing remarks? Spread the word, baby. Spread the word. I know I always say it. Pick someone in your life that you know needs Need an some, hour needs in their week. Needs their movie fix. And we're watching good movies. We're not watching bad movies. None yeah. of these have been bad movies. And we're especially about to get into some of the movies we're here. Into some good movies. But like very much the mainstream. Mm-hmm. But until then, Zach, what's my line? We'll catch you the same time, same place next week. 